What is up, freaks? It's your boy Marty Bent here to introduce this week's episode of Tales from the Crypt with Michael Karras, a.k.a. the Bitcoin Rabbi. We sat down last week on a rainy afternoon, had a great, incredible conversation uh, about how I got into Bitcoin, uh, the importance of family, a bunch of other stuff. It's a great conversation. You freaks are going to enjoy it. This week's episode of Tales from the Crypt is brought to you by the Cash App. As you know, Cash App is the simplest way to send and save money. And now it's the simplest way to grow your money. Introducing Cash App Investing. Unlike investing tools that only let you uh, buy entire shares of stock, Cash App lets you instantly invest a little or as much as you want. You can stack sats. You can stack a portion of a Bitcoin. That's what stacking sats is. Now you can stack stack stonks, stack portions of stonks. What's a portion of a stonk? We have to come up with that. Is it a ston? We're stacking stons? I don't know. All right, you can do this on the Cash App now. They have the boost program still. You can buy, sell Bitcoin. You can send it to a personal wallet, from a personal wallet to the app. Then they have the boost program. You go to Merchants. You go to save 5% of Whole Foods. You go down the street. You save a dollar at your local coffee shop. And then you can buy your favorite company's stock. Uh, if it's just a little too expensive and you only want a piece of it, you can do that now too. And because Cash App is directly connected to your bank account, there are no four or five day waiting periods for inbound transfers. So you, are, you can start investing today excuse me broker services are provided by cash app investing a subsidiary of square and member sipc and as always when you sign up as always actually uh, as of recently uh, if you sign up using the code stacking sats you're going to get ten dollars off you're not going to get five you're not going to get ten dollars off you're going to get ten dollars uh sent to you via the cash app and then cash app is also going to send ten dollars to our good friends owls owls lacrosse um, it's not $5 anymore. It's $10. So if you're sitting there, you don't have the cash app, you're able to download it wherever you may be uh, and you haven't done it. So yeah, just do it to send $10 to Alice, if anything. So download the cash app from your local app store today, uh, and start stacking sats if you want to, I'm not going to force you to do your research first, do your research. Um, this episode is also brought to you by our good friends at Casa. How comfortable do you freaks feel about your OPSEC? How about your security? Uh, well, our team, at Ca- our team, our friends at Casa have gathered an incredible team and they're putting together one of the most secure um, ways to hodl your Bitcoin with their multi-sig setups. All right. So they've got uh, different tiers. They just announced that their two of three multi-sig uh, will be uh, open to gold members this week. They're always innovating. They've got a node out there, the node two. Uh, they've got different packages like I described. If you get a... Uh, platinum or diamond status you're going to get 24 7 vip service you're going to get a uh, a personalized onboarding experience and you're going to walk you through a personal opsec plan as well if you have any questions you're uh curious about some part of their their uh, product that you don't have an answer to email them at membership at team.casa that's membership at team.casa ask them any questions you have they'll walk you through a demo use the code tftc when you do sign up you're going to get uh, up to $250 off the code TFTC when you engage in CASA. All right. They're, they're working on security. They're working on OPSEC for you. Uh, they're going to provide you with Faraday bags. The, if you sign up in a membership tier, you're going to get all future CASA products. Uh, it's good stuff. Great team there. Uh, shout out Jeremy, Jameson Lop. Um, yeah, so go check them out, CASA. Use the code TFTC. Uh, again, email them at membership at team.casa if you have any questions. If you want to go check out the site, keys.casa slash keymaster for their uh, multi-sig tiers. All right, freaks. Enjoy this episode with the Bitcoin rabbi. Uh, we had Again, we had a great, 
incredible conversation, a great perspective on Bitcoin, and uh, uh, enjoy. What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Tales from the Crypt. It's your boy Marty Bent here on a Tuesday afternoon, a rainy Tuesday afternoon, late October, uh, here to celebrate the one-year Twitter anniversary of our guest, uh, Michael Karras, a.k.a. the Bitcoin Rabbi. Welcome to the pod. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Glad to be here. Thanks for coming by. You're on a little press tour right now. Just came from the New York Stock Exchange. Yeah, I try. I live uh, upstate, so when I come to the city, I try and you know make all the connections and hit up all the hot spots, all the hot Bitcoin spots. So got the the uh, Tales from the Crypt podcast. I've got the New York Stock Exchange. Gonna go out for dinner with some Bitcoiners tonight. All the important uh, places to be in the city. Pack day, trifecta. What was it like on the stock exchange? Was that your first time? Yeah, first time there. Um, it was actually pretty quiet. Uh, you know, the you know the movie version of the stock exchange is a bunch of people running around and yelling at each other, and it was just like pretty pretty uh, low key and just like a bunch of new studios around. So we were on one of the little uh, studios that was like on a perch, like overlooking it, and we just like did a ten minute clip. Um, I it was a woman that uh, I met. I was at the Crypto Springs conference in uh, Palm Springs last month, and so I met someone there who does the show, and she said, you know, you're in New York. Whenever you're there, come by, and, and we'll do a little show. So it was fun. It was a nice experience. Yeah, it looked like a good time. And the funny you mentioned that, like, the stock exchange is uh, empty these days, and we were, uh, before we hit record, we took a nice little walk to the bodega, do a little pre-interview conversation, uh, and we talked about how you, I used to work in Chicago, and the future's fun, and... I worked with a lot of people who used to work on the Chicago Board of Trade, which is like the most infamous trade floor of people like screaming at each other, just like in a packed mass. Um, and the traders that I worked with in like 2011 to 2014 just talked so nostalgically about the days uh, of the floor being lively like that. Now it's all computers and computers. It's probably quiet because computers can't yell at each other. They're, yeah, uh, They're speaking in bits. Yeah, I've never seen anything, uh, you know, I, I just know it from movies and stuff, but I, I don't not, that's not my background at all, like any kind of uh, stock or trading or finance or anything. They were, they were originally going to ask me um, about like the DC fin Georgetown FinTech conference going on now. And I was like, I have no idea. Like, I'll, I just, I'm just a rabbi who likes Bitcoin. Like, I, I don't know about that. Like, I heard the guy from Ripple's going to be there. Woo. Like, <laughs> So let's jump into this. You're just a rabbi who's got into Bitcoin. What's your journey, man? How did you become a rabbi? How did you find Bitcoin? What draws you to Bitcoin? Why did you write a book about it, a children's book particularly? Yeah, so, um, I mean, I was raised really, uh, like, not re very religious, like, basically traditional, um, but not, our family was not super into it uh, as a teenager. Um I liked a lot of different things. I liked, uh, you know, uh, uh, economics. I found, like, a... Um, Milton Friedman and like Thomas Sowell and like I was really liked that kind of uh, uh, free market like libertarian thought like you know that's a something that can speak to a lot of people from a lot of different uh, backgrounds like why don't we all just let each other do what you want and because we're all different and so I really like that a lot um, but I also uh, liked uh, uh, I wanted uh, some kind of like meaning and for me I was looking and finding a meaning I didn't find it in like my kind of non-traditional synagogue I looked into like uh, eastern religions a bit uh, like to see what they had to offer and uh, I really liked the 
um, both like spiritual aspect and the practice of uh, Orthodox Judaism. So that spoke to me. I decided that I wanted to study this. I moved to Israel and I uh, went to rabbinical school for four years. I, you know, did all my studies there. And when I came, I was actually planning on living in Israel, but uh, my brother lives there and uh, he, my, I've got one older brother and uh, I ended up coming back to New York where I met my wife and I've just been like a rabbi, uh, you know, I, I don't uh, have like my own synagogue, like we have a senior rabbi and there are a lot of uh, junior rabbis, you could say, but uh, I do teach, uh, like I'm a rabbi as a teacher for a Jewish day school and I give classes, like adult classes, and so that's what I do. Um, my my wife is a graphic designer, and so I kind of work with her also. So I got into like web design, graphic design, and so I've always kind of had this tech. So I have like my rabbinical studies, like Jewish, you know, spiritual uh, interest. Uh, I liked economics and like free market and liberty, and then I also like technology. Like I've always been like an Apple fanboy, and. Uh, when I found out about Bitcoin, like very late, uh, I was just like, I jumped on it. Like it took me so short from hearing about Bitcoin to like being fully uh, blown into it. Uh, actually, I just heard a joke today. I'll tell you that it fit very right. Someone said, uh, I'm, I'm, I fell into a quicksand. I'm up to my ankles in it. Well, that doesn't sound so bad. Yeah, but I fell in head first. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, a good one. Yeah, so that's basically uh, me that I like fell in hard and what one, what, uh, what what drew what drew you in? Uh, so my older brother just like you know in 2017, lots of people, anyone who was like tangentially connected to like technology or investment or that, like everyone was getting in. So my brother just like mentioned it and he's like oh look into bitcoin you know this uh and i i looked into bitcoin i looked into everything else and i was like none of these make sense to me but bitcoin makes a lot of sense to me and i just you know i started telling my wife about it and was like this is life-changing like this is world-changing and uh like a week of like you know hitting uh andreas antonopoulos videos pretty hard and then like that was when a lot of podcasts were starting to pick up also so like I absorbed like everything that I could, uh, you know, at the end of 2017 and throughout 2018 as well. So like the whole time the price was going down, I was still, people just kept saying like, you still into that? You still into that? And I was like, yeah, really I'll, more now than I was before. And, you know, when, cause when you're looking at, uh, like the, the non-log chart, the, um, what is it called? The linear chart. Yeah, linear chart. You don't see the whole, you don't realize, and you just saw it went just up, and you're like, hey, you don't realize that it's been going up and down and up and down, uh, you know, when you look at it that way. So when you zoom out and you see like, oh, Bitcoin goes up and then it goes down, and like then you can kind of calm down as you go through your first bear market. Yeah, no, I think uh, Trace Mayer was the one who really uh, helped me conceptualize this, the fact that if you look at it in a log chart, Bitcoin moves in like a lockstep nature, right? Um, yeah, or and like especially a step, with a step with, function nature. With the, yes. Especially like in the having a four-year cycle, that's what uh, um, Preston Pish uh, talked about. Um, so that was like I, uh, one thing about coming into Bitcoin, um, which also I found uh, similar about like going to rabbinical school, is it's uh, very humbling how many like geniuses you meet, how many people are so smart. And uh, like whether it's in cryptography, in coding, in finance, in history, and all these things, and like I just came into this this field and realized there are so many smart people here from so many different fields, and they all like realize that this is 
a powerful thing. And so I was like, wow, that like, it's, it's humbling. So for the first year of like being a year and a half, I just like sat back and listened. So I was like a total anon, like, I don't think if I had it, I had maybe had an old Twitter account with no followers and no tweets and stuff. And I was just like soaking it in podcasts. Um, I got to listen to your podcast and to noted podcast. And then, uh, after like a year, I, I started noticing connections between Bitcoin and Judaism, things that some are like more meaningful, some are kind of cute, some jokes, you know, and I was like, you know what, I just want to like, I've got a voice, I've got a unique perspective, I, I think people would like this. So I just started, I was like, I'll make the Bitcoin rabbi, and I took a picture of a Bitcoin and, uh, and put like uh, one of those black hats on it. And you <laughs> might see guys walking around uh, uh, Williamsburg and like a hat that I wear often myself. Uh, and I was like, that's it. I'm the Bitcoin rabbi. Let's see how this goes. And I was surprised, like it's been exactly a year and I didn't think it would, I didn't think people would be that interested, but it's been the, the meeting people and talking to people and like being able to meet people like yourself. And that's been like super fun and a great, great time. That's crazy like you mentioned, like the, the different walks of life that Bitcoin attracts, it's, uh, again, it's inevitable, right? It's a tool that no matter what, uh, walk of life you come from, you can, you can leverage and use, right. And it can be useful to you. But I'm very, uh, interested to hear sort of the parallels, uh, with Bitcoin and Judaism that, uh, that you have noticed and, and pay attention to. Yeah. So it depends. Like, uh, really, I talk to different groups. So like when I'm talking to, um, Orthodox Jewish people that are interested in Jewish law, um, all or like you know from the textual biblical stuff. So I'll actually like go through, and I've got a presentation. I'll like look at uh, different verses and different analysis of like Abraham uses money. I actually just quoted last uh, from last week, like gold. I didn't even realize this. I I, I knew it in the back of my head, but I only looked at it this uh, this past week. Like gold is mentioned at the very beginning of the Torah, the very beginning of the Bible, like there's just a random verse. It's talking about the creation of the world and it's like, and there's gold. It's like, you should, <laughs> it doesn't talk about copper. It doesn't talk about silver. It's just like hey, people, I know you're going to be interested in gold. So like this idea of like the gold standard of, you know, that's an important thing. Money, hard money is something that's like right at the beginning. And then uh, I actually had a really fascinating conversation in DMs with Nick Sabo about, um, about like the development of silver, how like it was used to be money was literally just weight. And so there was like, it was trustless because, or mostly trustless because you weren't even dealing with coinage then. Coinage, you just take it at face value, whatever it is. And if the coins get clipped or if they get, uh, you know, mixed with other metals, but when you're dealing with like weights of silver, and that's how early in the Bible it talks about, you know, measure, literally the word shekel, which you might've heard before, means a weight, a measurement. And it's, it doesn't say you count out money, it says you weigh out money. Mm-hmm. So like the development, but then later on, even in the Bible, it starts talking about coins and start talking about coinage. So like I go through that history um, that's like actually can be relevant and like legal applications of like what is currency, what is money. So like when I'm talking to more advanced Jewish crowds, I'll kind of like focus on that. And then when I'm talking like on Bitcoin Twitter, I like find something interesting like in the Bible about you know, that wherever, just wherever it finds money or wherever it talks about like uh, anything, not even like totally Bitcoin related, but like the Bitcoin ethos of like, uh, you know, personal sovereignty or of a low time preference or anything like that, whatever fits in or possibly a carnivory way. (laughs) Anything Bitcoiners might be interested in. I'll like try and find something that connects. Well, uh, 
I don't know if this episode will be posted before this date. I think this uh, this event will have come and passed by the time this is uh, being uh, published. But the uh, November first uh, fast for Satoshi Day. Oh yeah, uh, you no. were uh, we were DMing and you were telling me that there is a. Uh, some correlation uh or did yeah, you tweet it i i i replied or something replied, or replied yeah or whatever so yeah so uh i thought it was great that you uh, had the fast for satoshi that uh you know you fast and then you said like that that uh religious people not only have religious fast but then they take that money and they donate it or something i know some people say you know tithe by <laughs> selling your fiat for for bitcoin that's fine i also uh you know i'm a big proponent of good old-fashioned charity as well uh and uh uh but uh so that is there are actually several lots of people know the, the fast day of yom kippur which is like our major one but there are lots of minor fasts uh throughout uh that are like established and then people fa- can fast for their own personal you know spiritual or health re- reasons as well and uh, actually we were just talking about how there's just this week started a bitcoin fasting uh telegram chat started by uh, katie anina which is just so funny there's just a lot of that, one, that's another thing I like about Bitcoin. I just ha- it happens to me that I like a lot of things culturally and fit in culturally a lot with Bitcoiners um, and like that. You know when you're dealing with a Bitcoiner, like you know that there are just certain things that you're gonna you know where they on. stand on some things, right? Yeah, and I know the 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 great question of is Bitcoin a community? Uh, there's definitely a there is a Bitcoin community. There maybe are many, but like there's a Bitcoiners. Uh, you know, some people call it, you know the the Bitcoin pleb uh, community <laughs> that that kind of idea. Uh, so I mean, that's I, I. It's mostly you know mostly what I do on Bitcoin or on Bitcoin Twitter is like have fun. I make jokes, tell try to tell interesting. Uh, uh, you know, stories or things, but I also like, um, just to like be a a face of somebody that is, uh, religious and also like different culturally because that Bitcoin is growing. And like, there are going to be both for like that the Bitcoin is people have been here for a long time or that are maybe more traditionally, like from the finance, uh, uh, background or from the tech background to like know that this space is getting bigger and there are going to be a lot of different kinds of people coming in here and also for my community for the Jewish community that is sees Bitcoin and maybe have uh, either they don't know about it or they think like oh it's a bad thing and it's got like these uh, bad uh, uh, connotations and you know they read the news and hear things and so I tell them like I do my presentation to synagogues and I say like is Bitcoin kosher and I go through all the ways that uh, you know that that it is and can be and you know it's a tool and a tool can be used for whatever good or bad you want it to be used for so that is uh i just like being a a face of like the growing the grown the grown community and growing user base of bitcoin no it's it's much appreciated i thought i mean the uh i can't believe it's only been a year that you've been on twitter uh i thought that was hilarious but i think the the emergence of uh the bitcoin rabbis is great like it does like just objectively looking at it from an outsider's perspective in it does uh like quickly make you think like huh yeah like rabbis are into bitcoin this is awesome like i can uh i can um have something in common with a rabbi and it's bitcoin and we can all this this can help a lot of people yeah a lot of backgrounds yeah so that uh that that is one thing that i do like to focus on is that like how bitcoin is like a force for good globally that's what i believe i really think that it is uh something that's going to help 
you know, I, I, all these, the, the whole crypto space is all of these sky high ideas of things. But I think like plain and simple, uh, a Bitcoin world with a hard money is just going to be plain good for individuals, families. I don't know. It's, I don't think of it at all as like a get rich, but it's a just, you know, I don't remember who coined the term, but a not get poor, you know, just ha being able to save a little bit of money, being able to know that your money is secure. And like, you look what's going on in Lebanon, uh, this week and it's like the banks are closed. Like it's a crazy thing to, I mean, we, it's, we're in America. We think like everything's safe and God willing, it'll all be safe and we'll be, you know, we could live just like, and not worry about anything. But as a Jewish person, I've know our history. I know the, what, uh, Jewish people have been through from world war two and previous and that knowing that you can have your money, your little like slice of, of, of like, of sovereignty and of, hard money is, is definitely like a comforting, uh, feeling. Um, but so I, I want to like, yeah, I like to focus on like the family, like that Bitcoin is for families. It's not just like for young VC, uh, guys to get rich and like do hundred X's, but just like some people who are trying to save for their kids' futures. Uh, and I think that's a, uh, a message that also a lot of people, you know, like to hear and like to see, even if they're not like definitely nothing to do with like being specifically Jewish or Jewish focused. I try to like make everything that I talk about relevant to everybody, like all, you know, I could go in lots of different directions of what I'm going to focus on, but I really want, you know, to be kind of like, uh, you know, you connect, find what you connect on, not what you are separated on. No, but even so, like, I really do appreciate the, uh, the religious perspective. Not even, it's just not even specifically point out Judaism, but like a religious perspective on Bitcoin, like today's day and age we were talking about it before we hit record, like it seems like the world is, uh, or religion is dying. Uh, mm -hmm. the world may be losing its grip on religion or at least turning away from it, especially here in America. Yeah, Kanye dropped Jesus as king. I know you haven't. Um, <laughs> I haven't heard that. You one haven't yet. heard it yet, but it is uh, just as an outsider, uh, a Kanye fan, somebody who was raised Catholic, sort of uh, got pretty jaded by the church, and mm -hmm. now uh, in my approaching my thirties, married, uh, thinking about starting a family, like thinking back, eh, maybe maybe religion and, and family values and the values that uh, a lot of the world religions preach isn't so bad and. Um, I'm just interested to get your perspective of a man of the, as a man of the faith, what your thoughts on are like the modern state of religion, especially in America. Yeah. Um, it is, it's definitely, uh, hard. And I think the reason that it's hard is people do have a hard time, um, because of like the institutions and like having trust and having to like submit or, or having to give up things. Um, but religion doesn't have to be that it does rather belief or faith, you know, I think that I actually posted an article that I didn't write, but I, I shared it th that was like talking about the, the Tower of Babel, that it was like, what was so bad? Like they developed a new technology. They realized that they were, you know, growing and they could make something uh, great and it would be beneficial. So like, what's bad about that? So it's that like they were doing it just for the sake of doing it. Like they didn't have a, a human goal in mind or like a, a higher purpose. It was just like, advancement for the sake of advancement. So I think with it, like anybody who's a Bitcoin hodler, like anybody who's in this space and like, what are you, you have to kind of be thinking like, what am I making this better for? And so like, 
you know, for, I, I, I posted once like, uh, you know, Bitcoiner without kids. It's like, I'm going to be rich Bitcoiner with kids. Like my grandchildren will have, <laughs> will have some Bitcoin. Like that's, you know, that's, uh, I think that like thinking about the, about what the goals for the future and for mankind, like, what are we striving for? Like of trying to help each other, care about each other. And like, even though I'm, you know, I'm Jewish and I'm Orthodox. And so I like follow up pretty strict lifestyle of kosher and uh, Sabbath and a lot of different things. But um, there's actually like a misconception that like in Judaism is, has a very um, utilitarian perspective of like what people, what like it just means to be a good person. And it actually is very, uh, nothing's coincidence, but uh, it, it happens to be that it's actually in this week's Torah portion with Noah, when Noah, who was actually pre-Abraham, so he was before the Jewish religion and before Moses and all that. So he's, God's talking to him and says like, hey, you know, how to be a good person, like don't kill people, don't steal things, you know, take care of your family, you know, don't make idols out of, out of creation of the world, don't harm animals, uh, like t be a, a good neighbor, make a good world and these are like it's called the seven noahide laws it's it's really not like you don't have to commit yourself to like be this you know wear a cloak or do anything like that you can kind of just say you know i i want to live for a greater purpose outside of myself and outside of just like this my physical benefit so like you can do you know i know that you uh you know support uh, charities i just saw i always thought it was uh, owls al apostrophe yes i that. always thought it was owls and then you that's my philly it. that's my philly accent <laughs> and owls. Then, uh, i saw it and i thought that was so nice i in where i grew up kids uh, i grew up in maryland and lacrosse is like huge also in maryland i didn't play it i was a tennis player which i just had a great conversation with matt about uh that i i played tennis like my whole childhood not so much anymore these days i wish i had time for it it's hard to have time for much things outside of the house uh i have a lot of time for bitcoin because it's like in the house you know on your phone or just you know not uh active but when you have five kids and you're taking care of them and several jobs it's hard to like make it out i, I definitely need to do that um but like yeah do you know helping out other people is something that whether it's in the name of religion or just faith or just caring about your fellow man, uh, it's something that I think people need to think about more. Having kids and having a family definitely brings that to your awareness. So I'm very positive on uh, family life. I think it's I think it's good for all everybody. No, and I I agree completely. And actually, Al's Lacrosse um, use the code Stacking Sats on the Cash App if you haven't already. Get five dollars to Al's Lacrosse. We actually I. I tweeted this out last night or a couple nights ago. I caught up with uh, Sam Angelato, who runs the program, and was there. I was probably one of the first volunteers when he started the program in 2011. And it was like an experience. It really showed you actually the importance of family values because I would take the, the Western bus to the west side of Chicago. And not every kid. Like there was this particular school that we were at when I was there. There were a lot of kids with good families and parents that cared and stuff like that. But there were all, were also a lot of kids with who were living with their grandmothers or their aunts and didn't really have stable homes. And then and the condition of the neighborhood, it was a food desert. And, um, so the kids are eating sugar all day. And then mm -hmm. after school, they had nothing to do. So owls is a program, uh, basically it's to use the sport of lacrosse to, uh, help, uh, imbue leadership skills, confidence, more importantly, um, social skills and uh, leadership skills via the sport of lacrosse and then help with tutoring and actually educate about like good nutrition and stuff like that. But it really does drive home the important, like 
uh, it's, it's, there's a reason crime rates are so high, right? It's uh, the, the breakdown of the family in those neighborhoods. It's it's so sad to see up front too. But I do have hope it can be fixed, and I do, I do think people are starting to realize that uh, maybe the hedonistic lifestyle that that uh, society, fiat money, fiat money, <laughs> and, it, uh, and like, it led to, and fiat culture, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's actually I watched an interview with Kanye. Uh, that he did leading up for the Jesus is King press tour, but he was telling somebody like it's he's, he's like turning his back on the culture because it just, it contradicts itself. Like everybody's rapping about taking perks and doing mm-hmm. stuff that can get you locked up and then complaining about uh, prison reform and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's, what are we, what are, what is our culture? What are we, what values are we sending in the airwaves every day? And what does that really incentivize at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. Um, so again, like it does, and I'm not trying to preach about values or say you need to think this way. I'm just saying it's interesting um, seeing the the conflict of these two viewpoints sort of hit ahead here. It seems, um, at least in my observation. I don't know where I'm going with this. I was just like a little rant. Yeah, I I, I would say uh, just on that last part that you said about like preaching, like I very I think that the best that you can do is just try and be uh, the person that you you know think that the world should should be should see and and be the person that you can be and that means you know taking care of others and spending time and and doing things like that so that's i i hope people i think people resonate with that and so i think they did they do like seeing you know a bitcoin rabbi come out and share you know once in a while share a funny joke once in a while share a a bible story once in a while you know uh share like an act of charity or you know a bitcoin analysis and like try and connect them all together that's a like i said it's like i've got my range of like more serious uh, jokes and and then tr- things in the middle and try and get them. So, but I started off like with really nobody had heard of me and nobody and I was like trying to like I don't know, not I was trying to like get information and try to like you know spread uh, my perspective and um, some of the first people that I communicated actually was one with Matt uh, Matt Odell and um, Pierre Richard was like absolutely like totally uh springboarded me because he invited me uh, first we so pierre made the node launcher so what here's what happened for, there was s2x sega 2x where the companies tried to take over bitcoin and i was like no I had it was so confusing for a new bitcoiner who just came into the space who was trying to learn as much as possible it's like you just walked into a civil war <laughs> yeah, you're it's, just, it's like oh i didn't realize that i can't so that imagine was, how like, confusing that was it was scary so then i was like i've got to so like first thing i had to do is i got to run a node so i was um so that i was already running my own node so that was uh, that was already the year before. That was like the beginning of 2018. Um, but uh, I was trying to get on Lightning that whole 2018. Nothing was working. It was still like this. So Pierre uh, launched the node launcher in like November, December, but I could not get it working. So I was just like tweeting out, like tagging people, like, who can help me? Like, <laughs> I'm not smart. I'm not good at this computer stuff. I just want to buy some Blockstream stickers. Like somebody help me out. So um, Pierre was some, he was like not responsive for like a day. And uh, uh, so Matt actually uh, DM'd me or I DM'd him. He like commented or something. I DM'd him. And like we went through the whole thing. And this was after I'd been listening to your podcast for, I guess, for a few months. Um, 
and I didn't realize, I don't know how I didn't realize, but I didn't realize that it was him. I just thought he was just like a, a friendly, helping guy on uh, on Bitcoin Twitter. Well, he is. Yeah, he is. He, the, you're friendly, you know. The, Matt O'Dell, he's always there to lend a helping hand. That's a, Bitcoiners are extremely generous and, and helpful with their time and with their education. That is absolutely true. So like I spent a lot of time with him and then like we got kind of stuck and then Pierre came back online and he helped me out and... Uh, I was I was just like oh Matt Odell I know who you are oh thank you I and I like your podcast appreciate it and uh, then then Pierre like he's like let me help you let me call you on the phone to like help you with your bug that you were having because it was actually a bug and we helped kind of like debug it figure out what was going on um, with his software and then uh, he's just like who are you and what is going on like i was like oh this is so he invited me onto his podcast and that was basically like which took me from like 100 followers to a thousand that was like pretty much the the springboard so huge big mensch big pierre richard huge mensch shout uh, out to pierre he helped uh he helped jumpstart this podcast he was our first guest this oh, podcast yeah? probably I, would not I be probably... where it is without pierre's endorsement beginning pierre i'm forever grateful that i might have known that but uh but yeah, so that was, the, and then, uh, you know, and then we actually, we, so then, uh, you know, I'm just doing my stuff going through, uh, like in no intention of like, I, I'm just, I, I've got a bunch of other jobs. I do a bunch of other things. Like, I just like talking about Bitcoin and sharing. And then this like crazy idea popped in my head literally overnight. I tweeted out to, um, Saifedean, Saifedean Amos and said like, Hey, uh, is there like anything like your book but for kids and he said no there's not but that sounds like a great idea and i i within 24 hours i had this book written <laughs> i had the whole book every word of it written i mean went through some revisions there and i was like i this is gonna like i really like this i think i might have shared it yeah to you, you did. first draft i shared it to a number of bitcoiners i got some feedback it went through a lot of revisions. i didn't know it was 24 hours of writing that How oh yeah it was I, just it, a no i mean it's not that long it's only yeah. a thousand words i it was just a flat well i i think you still have to tie it all together yeah i the i, I really don't know i don't i i can't people ask me like am i going to make a sequel or something of of uh this book don't force it yeah that's one i don't want to force it and like i don't even know how i I could because this was just like inspiration. It just like really came, you know, the, the chat, I didn't plan it out in advance. I really wrote it chapter by chapter and I actually added the last chapter as a chapter six was like an afterthought that I wasn't going to put in at the end, but it's about altcoins. <laughs> it's called <laughs> copies. <laughs> it's where, it's where, uh, the bad guys try and make their own, uh, altcoins and, uh, it doesn't work out so well for them. And then, uh, Elizabeth Stark and Lalu, uh, school them with the lightning network. So yeah, I saw people buying a uh, coffee, uh, with Bitcoin at the lightning network conference over the last weekend. Yeah. Well, first of all, they're basically, that's the only doing it for a, a fun, uh, experimental, uh, thing. I actually just today was listening to, um, uh, Stephen Levere with uh, Jack Maulers. Mm -hmm. It was it, fantastic. I, I what I love listening to Jack Maulers just like go off on finance stuff that like I've never thought of and never considered. And he's just got this like you expect him to like be awesome technologically, which he is. But he's just got like such a unique fun. Uh, analysis. So he's like, everybody in Bitcoin now, everybody in Lightning Network now is doing it for fun, like is doing it to help uh, bootstrap the, the projects. So like that's what I, every single wallet I've ever done, which I've tested all of them. Like that's a hobby of mine is to test the uh, 
every single lightning wallet that comes out and, and play around with them. Do you have a favorite? Um, I mean, I really like Zap connected to my um, BTC Pay server. Um, and that, you know, with full node and everything. Um, and that, because that I can get paid. I sell these books on my website, um, bitcoinmoneybook.com and people pay with lightning. And then I've got that lightning on the app on my phone and I can use it. But, uh, as far as a standalone, um, app, I really like the breeze wallet right now where they, I just think that they, um, are really thinking forward about how people are going to be using it. They're not going to be managing their channels. They're not going to be dealing with liquidity and stuff, um, which, you know, is a very like advanced thing, which I've been dealing with and working with that. I was actually, uh, not one of the first, but I was like number 60 in the, um, lightning, um, torch. Mm-hmm. So I was there before Matt and before, uh, 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 Jack. Jack, Twitter Jack. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I actually was one, I have to say, I was using a non-custodial, which I know a lot of people, there was a lot of custodial uh, use of uh, Lightning wallets during that, because that was a time when like Blue Wallet came out and, and Wallet of Satoshi. So there were a lot of people that were pretending they were using <laughs> Lightning Network. I had to, uh, it was a big learning experience for me, going back to channel management. Like I was not good at managing channels in the beginning and, and like my first couple lightning network torch attempts did not uh-huh. go through because my channels were all messed up right. I had to set up some channels and stuff like that yeah it's it, it was that's a it, you don't nobody gets it until they actually start it and you realize you know what it takes to get set up on lightning and it's a lot and so it's got a long way to go before it's really usable outside of just like fun fun use cases but i do think i saw at the lightning um conference in berlin which i was kind of almost supposed to go to um, which I'll tell you in a second, but I, the, the like video game, uh, thing, I think that's, that's great. I've played some, uh, some koala lightning chess uh, mm-hmm. with my brother. And, uh, so I think the, that's great use cases. And that really is, you cannot do that with other, right. I mean, you can't do that with fiat. Um, so that's a great use case, but I was, I was kind I was supposed, I have a hard time with conferences because most of them are on um sabbath on shabbat on saturdays like bit a bit uh bit bop bit block boom mm-hmm. i really wanted to go to i saw you guys had a blast and i would have loved it um but uh it, the most of it was on saturday so unfortunately that doesn't work because like i don't use electronics or travel or lots of stuff um but uh the the lightning conference in berlin was a different was a holiday called sukkot where we have like uh we build booths i maybe saw some around here in williamsburg we build booths outside and mm-hmm. like uh and uh you know eat and live outside for a week uh that's like at the end of the jewish high holiday so i couldn't go to that but i was um originally invited to go to that conference um by elizabeth stark seriously i i i, I mess with all these apps i play around with all of them and I do report some bugs sometimes. So I reported a, a bug to the Lightning Labs team. And then um, Elizabeth Stark, who I also is included in the book, so I had spoken to her a little bit. She was like, hey, do you want, why don't you come to the, to the Lightning Conference? And like, I was like, oh, I would love to. I really would. But, uh, and I, I haven't watched all the video, but I've seen some of it and it looked like a blast. Um, but uh, I couldn't do that instead, so she invited me to Crypto Springs. Mm-hmm. Crypto Springs was a conference in Palm Springs. It was about a month ago, and that was a lot of fun. And I met a lot of uh, cool. It was a diverse crowd. Um, I when I got in the car to go, you know, one guy told me that he works with um, uh, the 
uh, Litecoin Foundation, another person, a girl in the car said she works for the Zcash Foundation or whatever like that. So, I mean, you know, there was a variety, but all the speakers were like 100% Bitcoin, which mm -hmm. was nice and a lot of lightning and stuff. Um, so I met up with cool people. I met uh, Alex Svetky. Mm -hmm. Svetsky. I met with um, I met Brecky Von Bitcoin. Um, I met uh, Preston Byrne, which who is great. I Some really, quality Bitcoiners. There was, I, I watched Preston Byrne. Uh, it, it was hilarious. He was like the the stage was by a pool, and he uh, it was like lunch break or something, and he was reading a book. We were chatting out like on you know on a chairs for a while and then he's like i want to sit by this pool i want to sit in one of the floaty things he's in his clothes and he's like i don't care if i get wet but i don't want this book to get wet and i was like i am 100 percent certain that if you get in that floaty thing on that pool you are going to fall in and get everything <laughs> it was not a half a second after getting in and he's just like face first into the pool <laughs> on the thing so that was one of the highlights uh, besides meeting awesome people like elizabeth stark and uh you know uh, probably a dozen others who i uh, can't remember everybody's name now but that was cool i really like meeting bitcoiners like i just have a a desire to like be you know i kind of like live upstate and not really there's not much of a community there um and so i just want to like I came down one time um, for the uh, NYC Bitcoiners meetup, mm -hmm. and Pierre, again, uh, great guy, uh, changed the whole uh, schedule of it and the location stuff so that I could come at, to, on a Sunday to a kosher restaurant. So that was amazing. That was the first time I hung out with Bitcoiners, and that was actually when we launched the book. I had had not even the f real final finished copy, but I had the uh, like prototype mm -hmm. uh, like printed out at Staples. Like the, the real books were coming the next day. And that was, like, that was the first time I ever met a real Bitcoiner in real life. And I went to uh, Magical Crypto, uh, and then, uh, then there's Crypto Springs. And you know more more stuff to come, but it's it's been those were like my my top things of the year. But one of the, probably the funniest was um, when we we raised money, we sold. I, I just had like a, a crazy idea when all these Libra hearings were going on, <laughs> and I was like, these senators like don't know what they're talking about. No, they're no. Like, and they're, I mean, forget about the most recent one, which was like a, a shame. Which they were they were not even talking about cryptocurrency. They were just shaming for like diversity and stuff and like stuff that had nothing to do with Libra. But even the ones beforehand, they just like don't know what they're talking about. So I put out there and was like, hey, if anybody wants to uh, send a book to Congress, I'll, I'll, I'll do it at price, like at actual print cost, and I'll mail it to a congressman. And I thought I'd get like 25 or 50 or something. I got 300 books donated. <laughs> like it, I was like, um, this is crazy. So I sent, I sent to the president, I sent to the whole Senate, I sent to like half of the uh, United States congressmen, and I got a few, less than I would have hoped. I got maybe like a handful of responses back of them just like saying, thank you for the book, very interested in Bitcoin, yada, yada. But that's actually, uh, that's uh, surprising. I thought it would be zero. You know, I, sometimes they just have automated things. If gifts are received, you know, they, yeah. they did. Um, I don't even remember exactly who all did send me. But so, you know, that was, these are the fun things uh, that you get to do just if you, you know, come into Bitcoin. I, I wrote out like, uh, you know, I came for the, I came for the, uh, for the financial freedom and hard money. I'm staying for the financial freedom and hard money, but the friends have been good along the way too. <laughs> it is always incredible meeting uh, 
meeting Bitcoiners in person. I mean, we've talked about this a lot on this podcast, but it cannot be understated. Uh, like you said, it, you feel like you, you know where you stand sort of almost immediately and it's easy to sort of jump right into conversations and stuff like that. And it does feel like, again, like it does feel, I don't know. It does feel like we're at a, a really important point in human history and Bitcoin seems to be very important. It's something we should be focusing on. Yeah, there. I mean, it, besides for the technology of like the communication, it, like, do you think it's imperative? That is Bitcoin imperative? Bitcoin or something like it? I mean, I think that that's a good question. I kind of want to. I, 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 so I've got like my what I personally like think, and then there's like the professional view. You know, it's like I think Bitcoin is. Tell so, us what you think. Yeah, it's like I think Bitcoin is so inevitable. Like I think that it's just like I, I, it's so hard to say, at, and that it's. I mean, there, there. You don't know what you don't know. So like it could fail or whatever and this, but like it just seems like you know I'm mentally like all in 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 that sense that it just seems like we've been waiting for like some good news and this was and this is good news like there's a new technology that and a new uh type of trust and cooperation that's fair it's just fair and it can work for everybody and it's just going to take some work and it's going to take a lot of time but i like i think it's immensely better than the system that we have um and i think you know that if you look if your view is that the best most powerful force of good or of raising people up out of poverty and out of uh, oppression and out of um dictatorship has been freedom and free markets and capitalism um then something that like puts that on steroids i like how if that's what you know i can understand people disagree and there are other theories and whatever fine not everyone has to agree but if you do if that's where you know if you were into all of that perspective and all of that uh philosophy beforehand bitcoin is just like amazing for for that so i see it as i see it as part of the force like it, it, it i think it'll be when it is that when it actually does achieve that it'll be like in the background because it won't be like it's bitcoin it'll just be like oh money works now just like you know phones work or something like wi-fi like did we say you know wi-fi changed the like it's just it's everywhere. It's literally Wi-Fi is <laughs> everywhere now. It makes everything work. Like I'm pretty sure we're doing we're, this podcast on Wi-Fi. Like we're using Wi-Fi right now. Yes. There we go. Like it's just it permeates society and it just makes all the things that we like appreciate in life just work. But it's kind of it's almost an afterthought. Yeah. And then how long do you think we are away from that? Like we were just talking <sighs> about lightning. It's definitely far away. But even at the protocol level, we still got a ways to go. And... I don't know. I don't I, I don't like to predict because people are on both sides. People have strong opinions on both sides. And like, who am I to know one way or the other? Um, I, I really I, I can't. I, I don't want to be wrong. Like, I don't want to say, like, I think this. I really don't know. I don't know if we're 10 years away or if we're 50 years away. I don't know what, uh, you know, there's the stock to flow model and there's people just give their price predictions. I don't give any, I don't really have any price predictions um, other than number go up. Like, that's <laughs> very, I'm very strong believer in the number go up. Uh, it's, you know, that's pretty much the, the, the foundational thing. I'm very uh, against... Uh, not against, but uh, I think that for most people, the technology is like going to be not the 
focus and not like what they're focused on but really like just the plain old effects and like the number go up this the 21 the scarcity like that these are not hard concepts like people can understand that and that's why in my book like there's not any ounce of technology in it there's not any ounce of like i don't even mention mining i don't mention it's just like it's like something that i think is intuitive everybody kind of knows what money is but they've just never thought of it and they kind of never questioned it. But like once you start telling them, they're like, oh, obviously these are the qualities of money. Like, and if you go like, I think kind of the beginning of the book goes through like the Socratic method. It's like, well, we need money. Well, what's money? What does it do? Well, it helps this and this. Okay, well, will this work as money? No, that won't work because of X. Well, will this work as money? No, let's try. Okay, and you kind of go through it, like question and answer. And I think any like, from a child to a senior citizen can like go through that process and realize like, oh, well, if we could have the perfect uh, solution that would like solve everything, you know, that would, I don't want to say solve everything, but Bitcoin fixes everything. <laughs> <laughs> Bitcoin uh, did not, has still not fixed the, my, uh, my fan is on my refrigerator, still making clicking noise. I, it hasn't fixed it yet. I'm thinking somebody might've hooked up a Bitcoin miner to the back of my refrigerator because it's been is an internet enabled <laughs> no, <laughs> no i'm just joking that's just something I, I wrote out i was like how many bitcoins do i need to click to fix my fan <laughs> the refrigerator <laughs> clicking noise uh no but it is it, it come, will come natural to people hopefully and i do i agree like the uh unabashed uh, bull in me does think it's inevitable as well, even though I will caution uh, the same um, caveats that you did earlier. But how does that change society? Like today, the bent that I wrote was uh, was about growth at all costs is stupid. There was a great uh, post by Wrath of Non who was quoting a book called Small Towns, I believe. Let me check this real quick. I'm not familiar. It just came out. Uh-huh. Called, yeah. Strong Towns, excuse me, Strong Towns, and basically described, uh, we, we were talking about this earlier, low time preference and stuff like that, and building for the future, but this was a great anecdote, not an anecdote, just great data over the last 50 years, uh, 60 years, since 70 years now, shit, since World War II, um, you basically had the need to stoke the economy, which led to the government uh, uh doing massive infrastructure uh, investments and building out the highway system and the suburban networks that we now <laughs> come mm -hmm. to know and hate today in America all spread out. But, uh, and that was uh, basically enabled by a mandate of growth at all costs. We need to grow the economy. People need to be building, need to be buying houses. And what, but what we found is looking back 50 to 70 years later, all that infrastructure being built out is now tech debt, right? It's mm -hmm. essentially tech debt. Like mm -hmm. uh, if you're working on a software project uh, and you try to scale it too quickly due to demand and you make hasty software development decisions and you have what's called tech debt that could come and bite you in the ass in the future and you might not be able to pivot or change your product and it might ruin the product at the end of the day. And with America's infrastructure, we just did that. And this is what the bent was about today. And it's crazy what that, uh, that, thirst for growth enabled uh talking about uh fire hydrants per capita in lafayette louisiana going from uh per 1000 excuse me per 1000 people going from like five to 50 oh, so you wow. have like a, a 
pretty pretty <clears throat> expansive increase there and this was all fueled again by debt and as we move into the future and the uh the don't forget marty debt is just money we owe ourselves <laughs> we, we we owe ourselves but that's <laughs> and somebody else paid for areas and it, enjoyed but it's something I'm, I'm starting to like we're at least not starting to the last 12 hours in particular or 18 hours I, i've been thinking about this for almost a day now um the basically the how am i trying to explain this the um, functions that enable that expansion basically central bank money printing we're finding today uh, they may not have the control that we perceived uh, they had when they were able to do that so the tools that allowed us to build all that stuff may not be available when we need to inevitably uh, fix it due to decay because you have roads pipes and all that stuff that need to get fixed and um so we may have to actually like rebuild a lot of stuff and and the point i'm trying to make is is this was incentivized by high time preference growth at all mm -hmm. cost thinking and how is um a bitcoin standard or and that forces low time preference gonna what's the world gonna look like once that happens if it happens in our lifetime yeah well so that's the <clears throat> another thing i'll say like Bitcoiners are going to, not only Bitcoin fixes this, but Bitcoiners are going to need to fix this. You know, it's going to be just like it's up to us, you know, that uh, if, if we don't want, uh, you know, government to control our lives and try and fix everything, then we've got to. Uh, and now I, I don't know how any of us can right now be fixing the roads and the pipes and stuff, but, you know, it, it is going to be incumbent upon, you know, in the new world and whatever in the future to be thinking about these things of like how to grow uh and how bitcoiners are going to be or people uh, the future the future generation of which you know i think we're about pretty similar in age of like this is going to be our world to be trying to improve and stewards trying to of yeah exactly and like you it's terrible that when we think about the the world that we inherited that like it just seemed like it was so much easier like financially for our parents generation and that seems to be universal and like it's just a weird uh thing like you don't expect especially with how much growth and how much you know development and how much wealth there is or apparently is like how did that happen like how does it happen how does it happen that from 1970 or, or uh, yeah, I guess it was 1916, whenever the goal, the... What, what, 1971. There we go, 1971. How does it happen that from 1971, which is like basically the time when our parents were growing up to uh, to our generation, this this all happened? It, uh, it's, it's a mystery, you know, what, what could it be, possibly be? Yeah, and why can't we? And that's what I, again, brought up in the bend today. It's like, why, why, it seems that as a society, we, we don't have the ability to uh, take a 30,000-foot view, put our current condition in the context of human history, and, and attempt to uh, basically um, to uh, sort of evaluate what we've been doing for the last few decades and sort of make a conscious decision of what we want to do going forward. Like, how do you even approach, like, having that discussion yeah, well, I'm actually, from this, I'm extremely optimistic because I do think that kids today and kids that aren't born, basically everyone who's, everyone who's born after uh, the Genesis block, if you were born after uh, January 3rd, 2009, you're a Bitcoin child, you're a Bitcoin person. And I think they're going to get, I think people are going to get it. I think if you, it, you know, bad ideas don't last like 
forever or last you know like uh, uh, i'm not comparing the united states to to uh, like communist russia or something but like it can't the things bad ideas run out of money uh and like bad ideas don't get passed down after generation like one person can try it and runs for a while and then it runs until it runs out of money and then maybe can go two generations or something but good ideas come back and i think that and good ideas uh uh, remain over the generations, even if they go in hiding um, for certain amounts of time, they last. Um, and you know that's uh, that's why that's where part of where I get my inspiration as a uh, follower of Torah. That I think you know it's been it's been going pretty strong, uh, sometimes stronger, sometimes it's uh, it's uh, been more in hiding, but it's been going on for like three thousand years. And so I think that kids that are growing up. And see, have the opportunity of Bitcoin, and aren't um, like uh, aren't uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like um, turned off from uh, aren't like brainwashed isn't the right word, but like aren't um, conditioned. Yeah, yeah. There you go. They are not conditioned with the fiat system of like, oh well, it's always been this way. Well, it's like, well, it actually hasn't always been this way. And maybe there are other uh, there are other ways that we can run our our politics and our culture and our society and all of this like i think that we are going to uh see a positive future and i think that kids are just going to get it and they're especially because of technology i think they're going to get smartphones and get their own their phones and not going to want to be you know locked up and not going to want to feel like they're a prisoner of a system that they didn't you know they, they don't have a part in and and that doesn't isn't fair to them do you see this with your kids at all um, I mean, you... my kids are pretty young. My oldest yeah. is seven. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll give you actually. <laughs> today I was a I was a statist censor. Uh, I, my daughter went on a field trip today, and I don't know if the teacher said that they could or if a kid asked, but somehow it got declared in the classroom that they're allowed to bring money to buy things at the gift shop at their field trip. Now. That's the biggest waste. <laughs> Feel sorry to any uh, uh, you know museum uh, workers, but I'm not letting my kid waste her hard work earned money on gift shop tchotchkes. Uh, you know, <laughs> so I I censored her uh, censored her her transaction. I said no, you're not. You don't get to spend my money on those things, and you don't get to spend your own money on it either. <laughs> so I was that, and sometimes you know, sometimes you just got to be a daddy knows best yeah sometimes gotta be a hard ass but uh so i mean she's she's only the oldest is seven my youngest is uh is uh almost one and actually the day that i literally got my lightning node working uh was the day that my youngest my fifth daughter my fifth child was born and so i like tweeted out both like i'm like this is the greatest day of my life (laughs) I, i finally was able to order those blockstream stickers and I had my and I had my adult, my wife gave birth to a beautiful daughter. Everyone's like, "What?" And I was like, "I've, I've got four already." I mean, <laughs> it's a great day. It's a great, it's a great day. It's a great day for me. Extra memorable. <laughs> it is. It is. I since it's my uh, you know Twitter anniversary, Twitter anniversary. I went back and like looked at my greatest you know greatest hits to like remember like what have I been doing this this whole year. So I did look back at that, and that was that was pretty popular. People like babies, so. Well, when you say your daughter has her own money, how do you approach that? Do you have uh, chores, allowance? Yeah, uh, so now so she gets uh, money. Yeah, she she gets birthday gifts and stuff like from her grandparents and from 
um, I guess mostly from her grandparents give her, uh, from both sides, give her money for birthdays or just, you know, sometimes they'll just hand uh, some bills or something. But uh, she, for me, started getting all of her allowance on Lightning. So she's got an iPod Touch um, and uh, I uh, set it up with a Lightning Wallet and so that's where she gets, you know, a quarter here, a quarter there. And uh, she's got, well, she's got two. One, she's got her HODL stack. So she's got a on-chain, you know, cold uh, cold wallet that, uh, that that's for, for the HODL position. But then she's got her, her hot, you know, uh, lightning wallet as well. And that's for, I mean, I don't know, she doesn't really, she hasn't spent any of it, but she gets some. But she also has her, you know, her little Fiat, uh, you know, uh, somewhere in a, hidden underneath her, her mattress or something like that. <laughs> So, but she's not thinking about, you know, I don't think she's thinking about uh, the, uh, besides for my uh, oppressive uh, treatment today about like the man keeping her down. But they like Bitcoin. I mean, she's read the book. She understands the book. She understands what the attributes of money are, like and why, you know, that you can't just, I mean, he goes through it, spells out pretty, pretty quick, you know, pretty easily in the book. It says, you know, really all we want is trade with each other. We just, nobody actually wants money for anything. You can't live in money, you can't eat money, you can't do anything with money. We want goods, we want commodities. Um, so, but you can't just trade with each other. So you need a, a placeholder that acts as a store of value, a medium of exchange, and, uh, and a unit of account. So you find some item that fits that, and it has to be, I know that you've heard this and that all your listeners have heard it, but just say what the book goes through. And so they, they reason out, you know, well, it's got to be portable, it's got to be durable, it's got to be divisible, um, it's got to be uh, fungible, you know, it's got to be uniform. Um, and uh, they figure out that, you know, they go through is, can you use rocks, can you use grass, can you use lemonade, can you use uh, whatever. And uh, they settle on gold because gold is the thing that made the most sense, really gold and silver uh, historically. But and then uh, fiat happens, you know, that's, you start, you start with gold and I'm, I'm actually, I'm very bearish on gold. I know some people are like gold and Bitcoin, but I don't see how gold has a future in a Bitcoin world. Like, I don't, Why I think because I mean, it's, it has all of these disadvantages, you know, it's confiscatable. It's not easily divisible, not compared to Bitcoin. It's not easily transportable, not compared to Bitcoin. Um, it's not easily uh, um, verifiable, not compared to Bitcoin. So it's got all of these. It's in some ways it's worse than fiat because it, you can't even you know you can't do a credit card. I mean it's total. It's centralized. Oh well, yeah, that, oh, exactly. And then on top of that, like the supply has been so centralized. Like, do you, is there? Do we know how much gold there is? Like, and do you when you have gold, do you even have it? And um, even of the gold that we do know exists, I'm pretty sure that is very centralized. And is there? Uh, a strong possibility that that becomes more distributed over time, and I just find that hard to believe. And I bet the mining is also centralized as well. Um, I, I'm just assuming, but I, yeah, I don't see that that's a future. I think that gold is going to become this like status. It's still going to be this valuable thing, but I think it's going to become. It's not going to be locked up in those in those vaults anymore. What's it doing there? It's wasting space. Let's let's start getting. Let's get gold back on our clothes and gold back you know like let's let's go all out rappers you know like that's in a bitcoin world we deserve it we owe it to ourselves get all the gold out of fort knox let's make it more beautiful there yeah melt it down now i'll tell you actually this there's a, a verse trump's uh, beating a, us <laughs> there's a verse uh a uh tor, not not a verse in the torah but a uh 
a quote from one of these sages that actually says that you know when God was creating the world, you know really the world doesn't didn't deserve gold, uh, but uh, but you could use you know he decided to create it for to to use it to serve him you know to beautify service of God. So that was that was enough to to be worth it to. Uh, so you know gold shouldn't be uh, just sitting there in vaults. It's got to be used. You know make these uh, nice nice uh, tools or whatever to, to, to serve God with. So um, that's what I'm, that's what I'm for. I, I'm, I'm pro gold actually coming and being used for something like that. I, uh, I can get down with this cause. I'm all for better <laughs> aesthetics. That is another thing. Uh, another theme in, in today's band was well, like, these citadel citadels are, what do you think they're going to be built out of like uh, aluminum? No, we need, <laughs> no, it's not the, uh, it's not the fiat enabled, quick suburban homes that you've been used to for the last five decades. Yeah, I, and, and even you can go trace mayor out and we can all just pet pieces of gold. That, did you hear that? No, what was <laughs> oh, that? Great. He's, I mean, he said like gold and I, I, I guess I get what he's saying. He's like gold when you feel it, like there's something like this raw power of it. You can feel it. You, like you can feel it. Like it's so small and it's so light and it's like, this is worth like, three thousand dollars or something <laughs> he's like i just like to touch it he's like it helps you focus your mind and like become a more uh, a, a longer uh a viewpoint the longer term thinking person <laughs> so that's like the it's like you know it doesn't need to be the money that you use to transact it can just be the thing that you like pet to train yourself to like think like this is this is for generations this gold is like for the future so that, that i'm cool with that but I, i'm not uh i'm not long gold in the uh you know in the in the market yeah it's uh well yeah it's do you think like well we already talked about like gen so i'm a believer like gen z is entering the workforce now i was gonna like so, so i was just about to be like do you think like uh your average institutional investor is gonna be able to uh like I could see gold having another pump just because of lack of education about Bitcoin in the meantime. But long term, I agree with you. Yeah, and I don't. The kids today, they are not going to buy gold. Kids yeah. today, kids born after, uh, you know, Bitcoin kids, kids that are born after January third, two thousand nine, are not going to buy gold. They're going to buy Bitcoin. I don't even. I don't even have to say Genesis block. You can go. Like again, Gen Z, like ninety six and above, I would even say. Like, yeah, sure, fine, that's yeah, and, whatever. I just, you know, I think that's it gives me a, a nice, uh, uh, a nice breaking point of like, there's kids born pre Bitcoin, and you know, my, all my children were born after yeah. Bitcoin. Uh, so that's that's uh, crazy to think about. And my children will were, be as well. Yeah, they're all you know. They didn't live in a world without Bitcoin. Like they didn't. They didn't live in a world with. You ever <laughs> see kid? You you've got a niece or nephew. You ever yeah. see kids with touch screens? They oh know, my god! They know from eight, from like six months old. They know what a touch screen is. My one year old niece. Oh, she'll be not going to dox her birthday. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, she is addicted. Like they not know. addicted. Like, it's not like her. My uh, sister and brother in law are handing her phone, and they're just like she yeah. just like sees that we interact with them, and just yeah. like wants to do what we're doing, and it's like yeah. Oh my I god. mean, they're pretty. Phones are are quite amazing. That's the it's. Some people are like, oh, you have to buy the the people waste their money. They buy the nicest newest phone. I use this thing more than I anything else in my life. I, I'd rather spend more money on this than on my clothes or on my, you know, whatever. Is like, that a good or bad thing? It's interesting coming from you. How is uh, how are Sabbath Saturdays without any electronics? You know, it's, I mean, it's in lots of times, uh, it's, it's, it's extremely relaxing actually. And it, it I would you say. You never get withdrawal? You know, maybe, uh, so it, it goes by the sun. 
So in the summer, uh, it only, it starts late at night, Friday night, and it ends late. So when it's a late night, you don't get any withdrawal because like you're kind of chilling with your family. You're like having a big meal. You maybe like have some wine. And so you're kind of like, you could just go to bed whenever. Um, so like the winter night, uh, like as is coming up and then similarly during the day, you like go to the synagogue in the morning, you have lunch, you read a book, you learn Torah, you go back, you know, you, you spend time with your family. And by the time it's 5 PM, it's over. That's, that's fine. In the later summer months, when, when it's with, uh, with your, your daylight savings. So when, when the sun sets at like 9 PM in the summer, so then it, you're kind of like, you've done everything and you can, you're kind of like one and oh, like, oh, what's going on in the world? So that, I mean, that's me. Some people, they're not, you know, I'm, I'm a little more tech obsessed than maybe your average uh, Orthodox uh, <laughs> Jew. But so that's sometime I, I, I do, you know, try to, uh, stay away from like Bitcoin stuff uh, on, I mean, I'm not on any kind of tech stuff, but even just like talking about it, people come up to me and talk to me about Bitcoin, like from my synagogue or, you know, friends or, uh, but uh, I try to like make that a day of real rest and like peace and like family time and other, you know, focus on my kid's school, learn a little bit, like learn the Bible, like whatever, different things like that. No, it's because, I mean, hand in hand with the conversation I've been having the whole time, it's got to be refreshing. It's got to be healthy. I am definitely addicted to my device and probably not in the best way. I wake up and six minutes later, it's in my hand, scrolling, falling on my face. Um, <laughs> you know, they make devices for that. that yeah. You can like strap it to your body so it won't fall. Yeah, and I actually was uh, speaking with somebody this morning who was telling me about a family member who lives in Switzerland and they... Uh, everything's closed and so it's not even a religious thing it's just like everything's closed uh-huh. or maybe it is a puritan thing everything's closed on sunday and yeah, family families are forced to just hang out and go yeah. on road trips and spend right. time well, with that, each other yeah you know, then you can go on so like we have some holidays that are um not uh like sabbath there are different levels of holidays in in judaism a lot are their sabbath and and uh that like we don't use electricity and stuff some holidays you can you, you know drive around and go on trips and things like that so you know i like both and i like there is something really special i recommend people do it you know sign off uh just sign you know different people do it for for other you know uh technology sabbatical or or even a social media sabbatical or something um saying don't don't read the news don't like you know if you want to do something like let's say like playing a game or you know whatever use i mean even we don't like a lot really like we don't cook we don't use fire we don't use like you prepare all your food in advance so like that's a heavy duty i mean if you're not an orthodox jew and then that doesn't mean but like cutting out social media and twitter and stuff like definitely good for your brain for you know at some <laughs> some points if 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 you're like really into it which i am i think you are like yeah. very like to be connected no i think i'm unhealthily connected i've actually been cutting back more recently trying to tweet less and mm-hmm. check in less but i did uh when i was i think my f- summer after my freshman year of college and then the summer after my sophomore year of college uh I broke my phone Memorial Day weekend. I worked and lived down the shore. And uh, my parents were like, hey, yeah, you're not getting a new phone. You can buy one yourself. And I was like, you know what? I'm on this island. I can live without one. For two summers in a row, I went without a phone. And it was oh, wow. incredibly relaxing. Um, uh-huh. I had a little black book that I would carry around with me with people's numbers. I annoyed the shit out of my friends because I'd always be <laughs> like, can I borrow your phone? Uh-huh. Uh, texting friends from my mom's phone. But uh, most of the time, I did not have a phone. It was very relaxing just 
going with the flow, going to work, knowing where people are going to be at some point, just showing up, being like, hey, what's up, and uh-huh. just going with it. Uh, wow, that's a... Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I could. Uh, I haven't tried other than other than uh, Shabbat. I have not tried uh, to to take away from it. I'm pretty. Well, I'm like the. I'm not only just like that. I'm also like I'm a. Uh, uh, and I, I'm. Uh, I might get in trouble from uh, Matt or anybody else that listens. I'm. I'm like big into the home. Uh, like the home kit stuff like uh, siri and alexa, alexa i like, even stay oh, away from that I, i'm i'm really because you know what i and i had this conversation with this this uh um woman that uh worked for zcash and she's like can i ask you questions like what do you think about privacy or stuff and i was like i gave up i'm like i gave up I like. I feel like it's too late for me. For me, I'm not. I value. Don't give up. I do. I. I feel like I'm just like. Look, take it. Take whatever you want. Like this. You've already got my whole shopping list. You know everything about me. You know where I am all the time. Like just take it all. And like I don't believe that there are any settings you can change on any of the devices to make them not or any like you can't turn yes, it off. So it's either you'd have the, the the device or you don't have the device. And I'm like, I like these things. I like my phone. I, I it's probably listening to me all the time. I like the Alexa thing. It's probably listening to me all the time. I like, you know, the I tell my lights to turn on and off. I tell my uh my doors to open and close, like or unlock and lock and stuff. So I'm I, I it's bad and I just am like I'm I'm done. I'm lost. I've lost that uh Don't give up hope. <laughs> Michael, don't give up hope. I don't know. Listen, Wait, I, this is what we're fighting for. <laughs> well, I, you know, listen. I'm I, I, I said, uh, I'm you not know, kidding, but I'm all I need that. is if if we've got. I, I know there's like a lot of. I mean, this is the like in Bitcoin. There are the different uh, different uh, facets of like. There's the site. I'm really not a cypherpunk. Like that's the thing. I'm really a like hard money Austrian. Well, if you're a Bitcoin or a cypherpunk, you may just it, not know it. Is that it? Well, I'm just a bad, I, you know, um, Meltem Demir has put out a thing that was like, there's like uh, uh, the, the degree of cypherpunk product. There's like cypherpunk on one end and my dad on the other end. <laughs> and like certain products exist somewhere in the middle. It's spectrum. Yeah. yeah. It's a spectrum of that. So I'm pretty close to the, my dad side of it. Um, I like, I guess, I don't know. I guess I have a cold card. So like, I'm pretty, I feel pretty cool there. Like that's no, I mean, I do, you know, I, I've got my, uh, I've got my, uh, I, I have my cold card and my, and my wasabi. So like, all right, that's, I just, I'm, I'm cypherpunk just with my bitcoins, not with, not with any of the rest of my life. No, well, no, that's another internal debate that I have as well. It's like, if this is successful, do we all really have to be afraid? Like, well, I'd like to li- believe in a peaceful world where... I think that... I, I, I'm optimistic. I am optimistic of the generally a peaceful world. Most people are good, right? Do you believe that? I do. I think so. I, I, I think so. I think that in certain cultures or certain societies, there can be... Um, they can be led astray. So you could have people that are on the, their own good, but led... To, massively to do bad um because of leaders of their uh of their societies so you know various examples of that but i think that people in their hearts and if they are have the right uh surroundings are good and i think that and especially in america i i think in america where there is prosperity and basically like and the more that it grows i think that for the most part prosperity will lead to more peace 
um, and that the more people have, the less they are uh, jealous of each other. So, like, I'm, I do think that we are going towards both more prosperity and more peace together, hand in hand. I agree, and and that's another thing that sort of gets lost in the whole Bitcoin versus uh, fiat currency debate. Is is the whole reason for money, right? Is to to enable trade free trade in particular and that's when which have, makes which makes make, people better yes trade is made for win yes we, we, both sides win when in a free trade yes and and right now the the world of trade is such that you have all these different currencies and you literally have a world where you have to barter and then trade and there's just a, a literal point of friction in the in the global yeah. trade markets and bitcoin consolidating that creating a borderless thing where nobody can censor your trade Mm. I think will be overall, and while it scares a lot of people, will allow Maduro to trade. But uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think the net the net net will be very much positive. Yeah, exactly. And like you know what, there uh, you know I'm not an anarchist, so like there will still be police, and the police will still go after the bad guys who do. There are people that do bad things, people that do bad things with Bitcoin. You know, as was an example recently. Uh, but like that's what a society and whatever police, and if you believe in government, like that's that should be that that's what they'll that's what they've always done, and that's what they'll continue to do. And the rest of us will live peacefully and just keep on doing our thing. Yeah, yeah. Let's. I, yeah, I'm hopeful. It's been a great conversation. Yeah, I, I I really appreciate it. I think that's the that's really my main thing of like Bitcoiners and what I hope to like bring to this is that I'm very hopeful. I'm very uh, optimistic, and I think that like Bitcoin is good and does good and will make the world better. And like we are I, I feel, seeing it happen. I feel like a lot of people are apprehensive to say that Bitcoin will be good for the world though. Right. Like a little I'm, bit. I'm, I'm not, I, I, I say that unabashedly, like I, it, it kind of does go hand in hand. It's like, well, it's, how's it going to be good? Well, number go up. We'll make it good. That's those two do have to go hand in hand. Uh, and I think both are going to happen. What would be your low time preference investment in a post hyper Bitcoinized world? What, what would you want to build? Oh, if like anything. what, just like if I, um, yeah, I think that, that, uh, you know, education that, that anybody anywhere can get the best of education, which is already happening. I think that that's a, a sign of like what good there is to come that anybody can learn and, you know, learn at the highest levels of, of thing. Like I didn't go to can access the best knowledge, yeah, best exactly. information. Exactly. Like I did not go to college for uh, for economics or for, you know, history or any of this stuff. I went to school, I learned rabbinical studies such as, you know, kosher, uh, food production and the laws of Sabbath and, uh, you know, the prayers and, uh, and Hebrew and Aramaic uh, analysis. So that's my, uh, my, uh, professional training, but I was able to glean all of this information. So I think that the more, the, the wiser that the global conscious becomes the, the better, we will be right uh, I, I like that framing the wiser the global consciousness and the fact that we're able to teach ourselves more things by ourselves will just enable the individual to become wiser yeah over time no. yeah and it's just uh, a random question but you described how you, you didn't get a uh, college for economics or anything like that. was your decision to become a rabbi startling to your not startling did it uh, surprise your family oh yeah yes um, my well it's somewhat uh, because my parents are not really uh 
religious they're somewhat traditional and have become more so but my older brother who lives in israel who got me into bitcoin also got me into religion and um so he kind of started the path down first um and then but he's not a rabbi he actually worked he's a he's a uh I'll coin an investment fund uh, trader, by the oh, way. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, whatever. He's probably, I think they're like mostly Bitcoin. But anyways, they're, uh, but, we talk, but we talk Bitcoin and crypto like every single day, like a lot. Uh, we, we learn Tor together and we chat and we talk uh, crypto together like all the time. Um, so he started the path. He went to Yeshiva. He didn't finish, like go through the whole rabbinical path. Um, but I was a better student than him, uh, and I mean, he like he was kind of a wild child. I'll admit this: this isn't bad stuff. So he was like finding religion was like a path for him. Me, I was like on my way to like law school, and then my parents are like, "Why do you have to go? And, why do you have to go and become a a, a a rabbi? Couldn't you do a nice Jewish job like become a lawyer?" <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, so that was like tough for them, but I mean they're very happy, and they actually really like uh, Bitcoin, and they like they like that I've uh, didn't just like um, leave you know technology and the world behind and me. They like that yeah. I kind of brought it back, I brought it in, and like incorporated in my life. So they really are very proud of like that I'm the Bitcoin rabbi. That's like the they're <laughs> like they're like yeah, you did it. You made you know you 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 made a made it in life. Like that's. The, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. You, uh, your interest, at least, does not fit the stereotype from which I would believe a rabbi would fall under, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm you know somewhat unique, but there will be more of us. And there are you know there are rabbis that are into different sports and athletics or different all different kinds of things. Some of them just don't uh, make a platform of it. They just kind of have their own interest, which is what I did for the first year and a half that I was into Bitcoin, and I was like, yeah, I could, you know. If everybody else is just mouthing off on Twitter, well, I might as well too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'll be funny to to see what uh what people think, what future people think of our Twitter uh, fights if they even go back and listen to it. Yeah, them. maybe I, they'll just fall into the ether. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, we will see. We'll see. But I I think hopefully they'll be in a better. That's what I I write my the dedication of my book is uh, that. I write it to, to my children for whom I hope to be making a brighter, better world. So hopefully if they are looking back at our Twitters or just wherever they are, that's the world that they have. And I hope that, that Bitcoin is part of that. That's beautiful. Your intention's pure at least, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, and that's what I, I mean, that's really what I think makes the difference between a Bitcoiner and like a crypto person. Mm -hmm. Bitcoiners really want to change the world and make a better, fairer financial system for everyone and not just like lambos right. <laughs> somebody tweeted somebody tweeted recently like uh what's up you know what happened to bitcoin it used to be all talking about lambos and now we're all like buying uh buying dollar store shoes and cutting our own hair and having babies <laughs> yeah like that's, you know what it's like uh sorry i i got into this uh you know for for the uh, for the world revolution not for my like i'm just it's not listen i'm a teacher my 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 salary is that i teach at a jewish day school i'm on a rap you know on a rabbi's budget like and i bought my first bitcoins like in the second half of 2017 like it's gonna be a long <laughs> like i'm i'm not in here to you know i could be lots of other things like making money in different ways but that's not you're not what, trying to move order books on bitmex or anything yeah, like no, that no that's not a that's not really my interest and if 
people are and if that's what if they're doing it and doing good things with their money like you know that's great like i don't i don't have any problem with people making money but like that is not what interested me that's not why i'm here i, I that's not why i spend my time thinking about and talking about and writing about and and you know sharing with my family and sharing with my community about bitcoin it's not that you're all going to be rich and this it's it's like no i think that this could i i am hopeful that this is a technology like lots of many other technologies that it just is going to have a ripple effect across the across the world that was a a, a roll of my eyes at the word ripple <laughs> yeah, nice nice crypto pun to throw in there no and i i completely agree it's fucking it's I think the world needs it. I think it's time. And I do think, um, I do think it's happening inevitably. Um, and it, it, it is, uh, it's fun to be on the front lines with you. It is. Yes, it is. I'm glad to be here with all of you, with you, Marty, and with uh, everybody on the front lines. Uh, Cause that's what it takes. I mean, it's not going to, no matter how good the technology is, it's not going to happen unless there are literally like, yeah. it is, uh, you know, the, the, the block is the, uh, uh, the 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 ten minute blocks are the heartbeat of Bitcoin, but you know we're the we're the breath and we're the limbs and we're the body that makes it. You know the heartbeat is the are those miners churning out blocks and that hash rate, but we're the you know it wouldn't be anything. It would just be a technology that nobody nobody would be interested in. It it's got to actually be people that care about it and you know share it. Yeah, you got to breathe life into it. And I was stuttering there a little bit because I was trying to think of what I wanted to say. And I was going to say, yes, we are nowhere near finish this battle that we're on because it is going to be a battle. Yeah. Um, it is a fight. We have to fight for this freedom. It's a freedom. And again, like, like I said earlier, we're at this cross points in modern humanity. We have to decide, do we want the panopticon or do we want the freedom? Uh, yeah. Um, Michael, thank you for what you do. If thank you freaks you. haven't bought it yet, Bitcoin, money, a tail. A tale of better uh, of, of Bitville, of Bitville dis- uh, discovering, discovering good, good money. money. Yes, I'm trying to read it upside down <laughs> right now. Um, this has been a pleasure. Do you have any parting notes for the freaks? Um, yeah, you guys do the best. Uh, shout out to Matt O'Dell. Stay humble, sax at. <laughs> you guys, you guys, just, you guys got great. Uh, yeah, I love all of you. You guys have really uh, memorable lines, and it makes it. It's you know have fun do it whatever make sure that you're having fun if in bitcoin if you're not having fun then you're then you're doing something wrong cuz uh you guys are doing it right and so for all the listeners out there you know make sure you're having a good time well thank you and i i agree you always got to be having fun stay in touch with the inner kid freaks peace and love <laughs>